Pastor Corey here with Heights Church. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about Heights Church, simply go to weareheights.org or follow us on our Facebook page. If you're looking to get plugged into a church, feel free to reach out to us via our website by simply clicking contact, and we will help you find a similar church in your area. Hope the podcast serves you well, and thanks for tuning in. Words to Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. God, thank you for your word. Um, Father, as we dig into it, let us pray that you speak to our hearts and our minds. Just remove all the distractions that we could have going on, thinking about what's next after this, um, what someone next to us is doing or in the row in front of us. God, just let us focus in on what you have to say to us. God, I pray that you remove me from the scenario, Lord, and just speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so most of you guys know we've been in the Psalms for a few weeks now, I think maybe almost a month, and we've looked at some different emotions from joy, despair, anxiety, and today as we dig into Psalm 46, we're going to hit on fear. Uh, this is not like a fear, like a fear, like a phobia, where you're maybe afraid of mice or rats or whatever. If you're like me, I'm, I don't like crickets. I fear crickets. I'm for real. Like, <laughs> hey, Gary. <laughs> Gary, you've already been in one service. I will kick you out for heckling me. <laughs> I don't like crickets, but Gabe already knew that. So, because he was in the first service. But I'm not talking about those kind of fears. I'm not talking about a fear of, it, of heights or something. I want you to, to get what we're talking about. Fear of earthly things, meaning like everything we're going to look at in this text of what God could do, moving in mountains and trouble, and, and, or then a fear of God. And, and so I think really there's two reasons why this is really important, that we understand this text and understand where God's pointing us to. One, the truths that we're going to unearth in this text are so rich in the sense of God's protection over us. Like we sometimes forget that because we're so self-reliant. We're so confident in who we are. We're like, well, we got this. In reality, we don't. We need his protection. We need his comfort. But then here's the thing is that fear the wrong thing will leave us debilitated. 
It will literally debilitate us to the point of that we are going to just have emotions like anxiety and despair and even complacency when it comes to our faith that we just shut down because we're no longer fearing the right thing, which is God, which will lead to joy and peace and stability, just a solid foundation. But this fear of earthly things, things that God would not have you to fear, will just completely shut us down in our faith. And so fear... As an emotion, that's what we're going to be looking at today. And I, again, I don't want you to, to look at it as, as something that is a phobia. Not, not that. Because what we do with fears, we usually just think of the byproducts of it, which is, like I said, despair and anxiety, stress. Because our fear, that's what it results in. But that's what, for us, we're just going to focus on the actual fear today. Um, some of us, though, we struggle with that. We don't really see fear as a thing. But I want you to, to hear my big idea, and we'll dig into why some people don't see fear as a big thing, a fear in God. Earthly fear leads to the deconstruction of what we believe and innately know of God, while the fear of God leads to wisdom from the Lord and awe of the Lord. So see, people struggle with that. They're like, why should I fear God? God is love. I shouldn't fear him. I even had someone who who used to attend church with me, and, and they would repeatedly say, I don't fear God. I just don't fear God. I don't see that. I, I understand, like, it, it says the fear of the Lord, your God, but I don't, I don't do it. Like, I don't, I don't get that. I, I love my own dad, and we'll talk about dad stuff in a minute because our daddy issues can definitely lead to not fearing God. But we need to truly understand that fearing God is not a, a sense of, like, I'm trembling in fear like he's going to destroy you, but it's a reverence. Now, I'm going to go ahead and call it out because I called it out in the first service. We have a trouble at heights with a reverence to the Lord. Do you want to know how I know that? Because half of y'all didn't get here until the, the assurance of pardon. For real, like I'm just gonna call it out. My biggest pet peeve of our church, like we 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 cannot be on time. Like there's a, there's an issue there. It's like we don't fear the Lord. Like obviously he's not gonna strike you dead because you didn't show up until the the third song. But like we don't have a reverence for the Lord at times. And we're not a real like uppity church. You're never gonna see one of us up here in a suit and tie preaching unless it's a a funeral or or, or a wedding. Like it ain't happening. But like the point being is like we need to have like slow down and realize who we're coming to worship. You ain't just coming to be hanging out. If you're just coming here to hang out with us, you're, you wasted an hour and a half of your time for real. So why should we fear the Lord? Well, one Proverbs nine ten tells us this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy one is insight. Think about that. Like fearing the Lord is where wisdom begins. So you can start to practice out a wise way of living your life. Instead of living in a way that is chaotic and, and just ignorant and, and of this world, fearing the Lord gives you wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is insight, insight to how to conduct yourself in a way that honors God. But here's the problem. Some of us fear other things. And, and that's rightfully so to some extent. Like you should fear going and standing out in the middle of 159. That would be dumb. Like you don't do that because you'll get ran over. But some of us have feared other things so much. And I saw this on Facebook yesterday. Corey shared it. Another friend of mine, Noah, shared it. Some of us have feared COVID so much that we've let it reorient every piece of our life. What if we let Jesus reorient every piece of our life? Because we don't. We don't. We, we cling to things. We'll fear. And, I'm, and, and hear me, okay, church? I, I, want you to, I want to be clear. I'm not anti-vax. I'm not pro-vax. I'm not anti-mask. I'm not pro-mask. I don't really care. Everyone can do whatever you feel is best for you. 
But when you fear any earthly thing that is not God and you'll reorient everything you do around that, but you won't reorient everything over the God of the universe who spoke you into existence and then sent his son to die on a cross for you who rose again and took all those fears on him. And then, so you didn't have to deal with it in the way that we would outside of him. We won't, we won't reorient everything for him. Like that's, that's messed up. And so I want us to think that through that Fearing God is important. It, it matters in our lives that we, that we see that like, okay, God is worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my reverence because he is a God that is powerful. He can do anything that he wants to do. And so I want to keep us on track because I could just ramble, honestly, for a while. And I don't, but I, at the end of the day, this is what I want you to see is that fear should not cripple us as believers. And here's my first point of how we're going to get there. How and why should we fear the Lord? Well, Jesus, he tells us. He tells us in Matthew 10, 28. He says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him, he's talking about himself, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. So Jesus is telling his disciples, he's telling his followers, listen, there's a lot of stuff out there that can kill you. There's a lot of stuff out there that could, that could hurt you. There's a lot of stuff out there that can mess you up but you don't need to fear it. You don't need to fear men. You don't need to fear the dangers of just everyday life, but you should fear me because I could send you to hell for eternity. Now that's heavy. That's really hard for us to wrap our minds around. But as we read the Bible, we need to understand what Jesus says because he was and he is and he always has been. And so when this Psalm was written, those words that he spoke in Matthew 10, they were already him. They were already in his mind. They were already there. It was not like it was like, oh, well, they said that in Psalm, but because the Bible is one continuing story. So when we look at everything this text tells us, it's this. It's that the earth will give away. We see that there in verse two. We see that the mountains will be moved into the heart of the sea. I want you to picture that if you've ever been to the mountains, like mountains just crumbling into the sea. Like, that's crazy, all right? Like, that's, that's impactful. We're going to see the waters just roaring and raging. And then it says that the nations will rage. Now, I want you to understand, too, what it means about nations, because some of us are like, well, what does that mean? Like, America, China, Russia, whatever? No. When you see nations in the Bible, that is not referring to geographical boundaries. It's referring to the ethnos, the ethnicities, to all the different people groups. So like in America, there is a multitude of people groups. When you go to China or Africa, there's a multitude of different types of people groups. And so when you see that the nations will rage, I want you to just think, what have you seen on the news lately when you turn on the news? You see different people groups combative against one another because of sin. And so when nations are raging, that's, that's scary. It can give you fear. Kingdoms will totter. I think, we, again, you can turn on the news and you can see all over the place, all over the world, there's kingdoms, countries that are struggling, governments that are not stable. God can make war cease. He can break the bows and, shat, and he shatters spears. Like literally he could, at the snap of a finger, take out any weapon that we think we've forged of our own ability and remove it from existence. Like he could shut down every nuclear bomb across this globe. Like he is not incapable of doing that. And he burns chariots with fire. Like this is the God who can do all this. But Jesus in Matthew 10, 28 tells us 
You don't need to fear any of that. Just fear what I could do to you in eternity. That's all. That's, so like, why should you fear God? Because he could send you to hell. And you're thinking, well, why would he want to send me to hell? Some of you are like, I don't understand that. Like, maybe I've never, I don't understand Christianity. Because you've sinned against him. You've sinned against a righteous, holy, perfect God. And the due payment of that is eternity separated from him. And you should fear that. But you shouldn't fear anything else, he's saying. Put your fear in him. Because when you fear those other things, it's going to grip you. And it's going to hold you back from living out your life that he's called you to do. So that's the why. That's why we should fear God. And so how? Like, how do you fear God? Like, how do you even get to that point? Well, let's understand this text more. It says, to the choir master of the sons of Korah. If you have your Bibles open, and it, I didn't say this on the screen, but that's how it's titled in the Bible. It's Psalm 46, to the choir master of the sons of Korah. If you know who the sons of Korah are without looking them up, you are a Bible scholar and you are smarter than me because I did not know until this week. So I started reading because Jeff and Mark pointed it out. And so I started reading. And if, so if you're a note taker, you can write down number 16. So numbers is a book in the Old Testament. You can go, you can read about them there. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of them. Korah, so not the sons of Korah, but Korah, he was a man and he was there in the wilderness with Moses and Aaron. And he did not like that Moses and Aaron were leading the nation of Israel while they're in the wilderness. So he confronts them with some other men, about 250 men, and he throws a fit and saying that you've elevated yourself and you act like you're better than us. This is the David version of it. And Moses says, oh, well, if that's the case, well, then let's just take it before the Lord and, and see how that works out. Like, if so, like, okay. Well, they did. And um, God consumed them. Like, the earth opened up and pulled them down to Sheol, we see it here in the text, alive. Okay, alive, 250 men. Some other people, they were mad at Moses and Aaron because this happened, and God consumed them with a plague. And that day, 14,700 people died. Okay? So there's a remnant left, though. There's this remnant, the sons of Korah, who end up being like worship leaders after this. You don't know why they feared the Lord and how they feared the Lord? Because they saw everything that he could do and yet he showed them grace. So now, think about this. Jesus Christ died in your place, took all these fears, all your anxieties, all your depressions, all the sin. He took it all on him, died in your place, rose again. And that's why you don't have to fear that, because he's already paid the, the price for it. And the, the, he, now, if you understand the grace, you can be like the sons of Korah. You're like, oh, I get this. I see it. So we, when you read this text, you need to see why they're writing this. Like, God is our refuge. He's our strength. Of course, because he saved a remnant of these people. Of course, sons. So I'm hoping this is making sense to you. But I want to I take it a little bit further, give you like a practical illustration, and, and just use like my own life. Like, I have, I have three kids, and... I don't doubt for a second that, that my kids fear me. Now, that sounds crazy. You're like, whoa, wow, that's harsh. Yeah, well, they do, and they should. But they also love me. They know I'll comfort them. They'll know I'll protect them. They know that I'm for them. They know I'm, I'm pro them. I'm on their team. Like, I'm all about them, but I will also start cracking heads. Like, I, I, like you're going to either behave and, and function in a way that makes sense, and my job is to manage my household well, and so they fear me. 
to the extent because they know, like, okay, if I get too out of line, something's going to happen. Like, some things could go bad for me with discipline. And, and see, when I had kids, I, I wanted so bad to make sure that I, I exemplified God the Father. Now, man, I, I've messed it up so many times. Like, I know that I have. Like, I've lost my cool. I've, I've punished too harshly. I've reacted too quickly. And then my wife looked at me, and she's like, really? Like, that, that was a pretty heavy punishment for that. And I'm like, dang it, now I gotta go back and like fix this. And you know, then you're trying to try and twist it like you're showing them grace, but really it's just you're trying to cover up your mistake. Parenting tip for those of you who don't have kids yet. So, but like I wanted them to understand like, I love you so much, but I will correct you because I love you so much. Like it has to be there. It has to be this balance and so when you think of it that way, like, and some of you are like, man, I can't compute with that. So if that's what it looks like, like, so it, like a fear, I would have a, a healthy fear of a parent, and that's how I should fear God. Like, I can't compute with that because I got a really messed up story with one of my parents. Like, man, I, I'm sorry. I get that. Like, that's not, that's not easy. That's not something you just get over, right? Like, you, you can go to counseling, you can do all those things, you can pray, and but there's still like that hurt in there. But no, he's a good and perfect father. He's different than me. He's different than your dad. He's different than anyone's dad. He's good and perfect. And so we can, we can remove that and understand, like, I can fear the Lord because he loves me so much. So how do we do it then? We show him reverence and obedience. That's, that's how. We show him reverence and obedience. So, okay, we fear God. We know how. We know why. Next, we don't fear earthly things. We, we don't fear earthly things. There's definitely some things in this text and in life that are super troubling. Like, it even says, like, the very present help in trouble. What is that present help, though? And this would get us over fearing earthly things. Jesus said that he's going to send a helper. It's the Holy Spirit. You want to know how present he is? If you're a believer, if you're born again, he is dwelling inside of you. That's as present as it can get. The proximity is in you. Like, that is good. That is good news. So don't fear earthly things. Why? Because there's a very present help. Let's change it. There's a very present helper. He's dwelling with you to comfort you, to give you stability, to give you peace. So that's good news for the believer. So we fear God. We don't fear earthly things. But when, what happens when we forget that? What happens when that gets reversed, where we don't fear God, but we, we fear earthly things? Well, then we get kind of just off. We don't believe those things. We start to doubt the goodness of God. We doubt Matthew 28, where Jesus says, I'll be with you to the ends of the age. We start to doubt that when, we, when it's reversed, when we, believe, when we believe that earthly things are what we should fear and we don't fear God. I struggle with that even myself at times. Like I, I, my biggest real fear, not crickets, is, is like being accepted and being liked. Like Literally, if I thought one of you legit did not like me, just don't even tell me. Like Just be nice. <laughs> nod your head, shake my hand, and go on your way. Like, just, like, don't let me know, because it's going to jack with me. It's going to mess me up, because like, I don't like not being liked. It, it's a fear, but here's the thing. If, if, I, if I fear God, and I love him, the fear of you not liking me doesn't matter, because I'm accepted in him. I'm accepted in Christ. My identity's found in him, not in your acceptance, and so fearing earthly things, it's just, it, will, it literally is going to mess you up. So what leads us to fearing other things other than God? Well, like I mentioned earlier, issues with your parents. You don't see God the Father as a good thing. Like that, that's really hard for you to get over. And, and I'm not belittling that at all. Next, one of the reasons why you'll fear earthly things instead of God is the media. 
do you, re- you do realize, like, Fox News, CNN, and MS- MSNBC, and all the other ones, like, their news stories that they broadcast are so they can get ratings. Like, they want to perpetrate fear. They want to keep you on the edge of your seat, like, oh, what's going to happen next? Is this going to go bad? Is that going to go bad? And we just keep tuning in, because we, we need to know, because if it's going to happen, it's going to go bad, and I, I need to know so I can react. Instead, you just need to go to God and sit at his feet, be still, and know that he is God. And if all that stuff happens, guess what? He is still God, and you are still in him. And so we, that's one way. Then the next reason why we sometimes get this reversed and we fear earthly things instead of God is our Western plausibility structure, meaning that we see things through the Western hemisphere society of what, how, what we're set and just our minds are set to do. And so when we hear that we should fear God, we say, well, no, God's love. And fearing God doesn't give me instant gratification. That makes me uneasy. So, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not the God that I uh, see in the Bible. Yeah, well, you, you've made up a fairy tale then. You don't, that's not, you can't hear me. Please, please, for the, just for the sake of just not driving me nuts, never say that's not the God I believe in. You don't get to decide what God you believe in. He is a God that you should fear. You can't be like, yeah, well, that's not the, I don't fear this God. Well, you've taken all this and you've just changed it around to be a deity in the version of yourself. And that's worthless and not worth following, not worth worshiping at all. And so four reasons. Another last one of why we get this reverse is you don't fear God because it would cause you to have to actually examine your own sin. Think about that. I don't want to fear God. If I think about how holy he is and how righteous he is and how much reverence I should have for him, then I got to deal with this, with my greed, with my lust, with my anger. I got to deal with it. I got to process that. And I don't, I don't want to do that because that's, that's heavy. That hurts. I don't want to. And so we get this reversed. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Paul tells the church in Philippi this, so that they don't get it reversed and fear earthly things instead of God. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Like literally, you're supposed to work it out of fear and trembling. There should be this just awe of who God is saying, man, if he wanted to, he could strike me dead and I would spend eternity separated from him, from him, but yet he loved me. Like processing that, but we don't. We don't do that, but it leaves us in, just in, in a weird spot. So earthly fear, it's going to give us anxiety, doubt, lack of obedience to God, fear of God, comfort, peace, safety. So it's important not to get those things reversed. And then next, though we fear God, we no longer fear his eternal wrath. This is important for believers. Now, if you're in this room, and I'd be silly to think that everyone in this room is truly a Christian, you should fear God's wrath. You should be like ready to like fall to your face and beg him to save you because his wrath is, it's coming one day. I'm not belittling that. If you are a believer though, you no longer have to fear his eternal wrath. You should fear him, but you can have a peace knowing like, hey, Christ died in my place. He bore everything I should be afraid of, of sin on, uh, from sin on him. My life will be in Christ in eternity. That's good news. That is good news for us. But the problem is, is that we don't think about God's eternal wrath in our society, Christians or non-Christians, because it makes us uneasy. It makes us really anxious, like, oh, Man, if there's really a hell, that means Uncle Joe probably probably in hell. Yeah. 
But we don't want to think about that. Because that, I mean, let's just call it what it is. That sucks. Like, that's like thinking there's loved ones I love, I care about, that I, I, I didn't share the gospel with them. And I could have, and I didn't, because I didn't want to hurt their feelings and tell them that they weren't a Christian. But yet, that's not loving. We see we, so even as Christians, we don't want to think about the theology of hell. We want to ignore it. There's books written about it, trying to, you know, refute it and act like it's not a real thing, and Scripture doesn't point to it, but it is. It's a real thing. And then non-Christians definitely don't want to think about it because it doesn't make sense to them. Like, oh, well, I'm not a bad person. I don't do that much wrong. Why would a loving God that you supposedly believe in send me to hell? Well, because he's infinitely good without sin, and you've sinned against him. It's the due punishment of your sin. So my point being is this, is that if we take this Bible, like I said, from cover to cover earlier, and we look at it, Jesus spoke so clearly of hell. He spoke so often of hell in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that I think we would be doing ourselves a disfavor if we discredit the importance of hell. Because maybe he was trying to invoke some level of fear in us to understand just the ramifications of our sin. So it's important that we understand, like, yes, now as I am in Christ, his wrath is real. I no longer fear it, but I should take it to the nations and let them know, right? Like, that's what we just, Corey even said, like, the people of God taking the story of the God to those who do not yet know it. Why? Not just so they can, we can have bigger church attendance. Who cares? It's so that they don't die and go to hell. So our fear of God should cause us to be obedient to go in and make disciples of all nations. So I want you to just sit in that for a second and think about it. Like God's wrath has been poured out on Jesus Christ for you. That's gone. But do you fear God enough to know, like, to go and be obedient now? Is that there? Because sometimes it's, it's not. And the reason why is fear grips us. Fear will grip us. And what happens when fear grips us is it will cause just absolute chaos in your life. It will, cause, it will just wreak havoc in everything that you do. It, it really will. Like if you're like, man, when fear gets a hold of me, it can shut you down. Like it's, I mentioned earlier, it can you know, just really debilitate you and, and leave you in a, in a bad spot. So we have like this fear of relationship or we have a fear of loss of our lives or we have fear of getting sick or we have fear of losing control of our money, our time. And what that leads to then is it leads to disobedience of God. Because what we say is like, I would serve in church, but I'm afraid I don't have enough time to do that. <clears throat> Kelly, our kids director, she has said this many times, been repeated up here. It's ridiculous when we say like, you know, I'm really busy and overwhelmed. And basically what you're saying is I'm afraid I don't have enough time. So you got to fear. So the thing I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop coming to church for a season or I'm going to stop serving for a season. So you're telling yourself and whoever you're talking to then that the thing that's going to bring you peace and consistency in your life is removing God from it. That makes sense. I mean, that just blows my mind. It makes so much sense. I'm being sarcastic. If you're not picking up that up. So like we, we have these fears of grip, that grip us. And when we make irrational decisions, we say, well, I have a fear I won't have enough money, so I'm not going to tithe to the church. 
You're making irrational decisions. You're saying, I don't trust God, that he will provide for all my needs, that he is good, that he cares about me. He cares if I have food and clothes and a house over my head. You may not have all your wants and desires, but God will provide for you. Not prosperity gospel, but not at all. I'm just saying, you're doubting God's goodness because you over your fear. Fear has gripped you to the point that you, will know, that you won't give. Or, like I talked about, people liking you. Your fear of not being liked causes you not to be obedient to share the gospel with someone. Or your fear of serving isn't even about time. It's like the, you'll screw it up. You're like, I, I'm not good enough to do that. Well, then you're, you're basically being prideful and saying that God can't use you. So our fear, when it grips us, it messes us up. And I just want you to know that whatever your fear is, and we all have them, it's nothing compared to the measurable riches of, of Jesus that you're going to experience in heaven when you just trust him and know, like, he's got this. He's got this. I mean, like, he's going to be exalted in all the earth, among all the nations. So not just the people, like, not just, you know, boundaries. Like, it says that in verse 10 here, like, I will be exalted among the nations. Every single people group in this world will one day bow a knee to him and worship him. He's going to be exalted. The Lord of hosts that is with us, the God of Jacob, is our fortress. That God... And so we don't have to let fear grip us. Some of you, you've been clinging to fear for too long. Like you've been holding on to it, whatever it is. You've been clinging for it too long, and you've made so many excuses. It's gotten you off track of being where you should be in God's will for your life. And you need to today just let go of it. And so what I want to do is I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask you to stand. And don't you, please, do not fiddle with those communion cups yet. Do not touch them. Leave them in your chair. I don't want to hear the rappers. And here's why, because we're not there yet. We're close. We're close. All right? We're even doing something a little bit different than the last service. But I want you to find refuge in Jesus today. And so I want you to, again, Jesus took all this on the cross for you. So you didn't have to have these fears. You didn't have to struggle with them. And what I want us to do is we're just going to take a minute of silence. I'm literally going to watch on my watch here for the time because I say a minute and literally 20 seconds later I'm talking because it gets awkward up here. But a whole minute, just sitting here in silence, I just want you to pray to God and confess where fears gripped you and, and taken you away from being obedient to him. If you're here today and you're like, I'm not a believer, I, I, this, I, I do fear the wrath of God then you know what you can do in this minute is you can ask him to save you, to forgive you of your sins. Call out to him. It says in Romans 10, 13, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Just cry out to him and say, save me. I'm a sinner. I need saved. Forgive me. And we'll figure out the rest. Well, that's what we're here for. All right? And then in a second, we're going to move on to the next thing, take communion. Let's just spend one minute. I'm watching. Got it.
God, I pray that you forgive me for where I've let things of this earth grip me with fear. I've worried about being accepted and being liked more than I cared about you, about being obedient to you. That fear distracted me, led me astray. So God, I pray that you forgive me. God, I pray that you truly speak to our hearts and our minds, the people in this room, those watching online on Facebook, God, that you, you reveal to us where we've allowed the things in this world to grip us in fear and let us astray. And help us just to confess that to you, to one another, to live out the faith that you've called us to live. Pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what we're going to do different. I'm going to read to you the verse from 1 Corinthians concerning communion, and you can take it. And then we're going to ask Mark before they sat down if we could do another in the fire again. I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Let me read this to you, and you can take communion, and then we're just going to worship. This is what Paul writes to the church at Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So if you're a believer, I ask that you take communion, proclaim his death until he comes. But now, listen, we're going to sing another in the fire again. So take your communion, just listen to me as I, as I say this. I want you to think about these words as you think about the fear that you struggle with. Literally, like, it says there that, like, there's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the water. Sometimes some of us feel like literally we're going to drown in our fears. He's there. He's present in that fear. He's there with you. He's not abandoned you. He's holding back the seas. And should I ever need reminding what power set me free, he set you free from fear. There is a grave Listen, that holds no body. And now that power, that very present helper, lives in me. Church, hear this. You don't have to live disobedient earthly lives. God is doing something here that is more than I think we even understand or can comprehend right now in this month, in this time. Just sing to him and like, let's get focused because guys, I'm telling you, God is up to something so big, and if we miss it in our fear of the what-ifs, we will sit back in 20 years and be like, man, I could have been part of something big, and I missed it. Let's just worship him.